0: Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Welcome everyone to rock that relationship. We are here today with a special guest to wrap up season three, all about healing from heartbreak. Today we're here with Vera Minot, who is a local entrepreneur and activist and president of the LGBT chamber of commerce. Um, What's fun about Vera is that we've met a couple times. Uh, we actually have been Facebook friends longer than we've been actual friends. So, uh, this is part of our blossoming friendship is having her on here. But, uh, one of the things that I, that I thought would be interesting in having her come to our uh, podcast was that I had seen, uh, an improv show recently where Vera got up on stage. She didn't necessarily do the improv, but she told these stories and then these improv uh, troops had to act out various kind of interpretations of what these stories were and I'm sure that the the improv troupe was used to getting sort of just kind of matter-of-fact stories up on stage but Vera got up and was absolutely as funny as the improv yeah. folks when she was telling her stories um, and so I thought wow this this is such a great opportunity to you know be able to hear some more stories uh, on our podcast today so Vera welcome and thank you so much for being here today.
1: Oh, gosh, thank you so much for having me. I hope that none of the stories I tell today have anything to do with lighting (laughs) fires in my youth or, you know, (laughs) unfortunate bathroom experiences, which was what improv was all about. So that's
2: what improv thrives
0: on. Exactly. (laughs) Those are fantastic stories. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's cut to the chase here. Uh yeah um you know Tracy and I've spent two seasons talking about our heartbreaks over and over and I think our listeners are about ready to hear from someone else. Um and so uh can you tell us a little bit about what you would say was your biggest heartbreak and maybe why that heartbreak was so significant for you?
1: Yeah, I can. Um man, it was such a mess. I I'm I'm never sure like how much to share about my early twenties and my like formative parts of having feelings for people because it, it's all really wrapped up in like a, a gross trauma history. Um, but I definitely accidentally fell in love with my coworker who was also the husband of my boss at that workplace. Um, and I look back and see, you know, a, bajillion red flags and I'm like, mm. oh wow, that was mm-hmm. so messed up by like complicated trauma crap. For example, I now understand I'm actually homo romantic. Like I don't I only experience romantic connection and deep emotional intimacy with women. So I'm like, what on earth was I doing? However, mm. like all that aside, I found myself what I thought was head over heels with this person who then was Kind of potentially pursuing a divorce. Did I mention messy? Made a <laughs> lot of mistakes, hurt some people for sure. And the next like six to, six to 12 months was a series of him breaking up with me and then coming back three weeks later. So it was like this terrible toxic cycle that Looking back on that time, I feel like I was actually just reliving heartbreak over and over and over again
0: Mm -hmm.
1: for like a year because the hopes and the highs were so high, you know, like, oh my God, this is everything. And then dashed and then Mm -hmm. back and then gone. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So it took me a long time to get over that entire situation. I think because what was so powerful about the connection was I felt really seen by him, which was something I hadn't really experienced. I mean, due I think in a large part to the fact that I couldn't even see myself, right? How can you be seen if you don't even know who you Mm -hmm. are, but I could still feel the benefit of like being seen by this person. So to have that taken away, was like, Holy shit, this is the worst thing ever. Um, I think that's what made it so significant.
2: Well, it's interesting because when we emailed you about being on the podcast, you know, one of your comments back to us was like, oh, boy, it's so messy. I'm so messy. And, you know, I my point to you is that's all of us, I think. I mean, there's some very fortunate people in this world who, you know, they they get in a relationship when they're younger and they have that throughout their life. But I think for most people, it's messy. And, you know, especially when you're younger in your 20s. So, how did you like on from that? I mean, obviously you did. You're, you're, you know, seem happy and healthy now and you're married. I know to a woman and like what helped you to get through that? What, what kind of things worked for you?
1: Wow. Um, time was honestly the most helpful thing that I had on my side. It took, it honestly took me I don't know, two and a half years to stop thinking about it fairly mm-hmm. regularly, like mm-hmm. so long. I look back and I'm like, damn, dude, get over mm-hmm. it. He mm-hmm. sucked in so many ways. <laughs> that was not good for me. Oh, my God. But did, I think, did you
2: ever, did you ever, sorry to interrupt, but like, no, you're good. We're getting over the trauma that happened. So we've talked about this on the podcast before. You have to get over the heartbreak of being, you know, that, with that person but also the trauma of how things happened. like if you look back do you think you were did you have to heal from both things was there the trauma of the process that had happened to you
1: yeah I totally think that's true mm-hmm. um that's a really succinct way to put it I mean I think that healing happened concurrently at least for me mm-hmm. um the trauma of how it went down with all the ups and downs and the cycles and all of Mm -hmm. the crazy mess that definitely informed me and how I approached relationships for years to come. Even after I was like over him and over the connection that I thought we had or whatever, I could still see that impact showing up sometimes even now I'm like, Ooh, I'm, I'm bringing mm-hmm. in some old sensitivities into this space mm-hmm. <laughs> noted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that healing from one of the biggest things that I did for myself in the healing process, besides just letting time pass was acknowledging how much of myself did I lose? Cause I, I was young and stupid. Mm-hmm. I think even mm-hmm. when we're, older and wiser, we still probably lose ourselves a little bit in mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Obviously mm-hmm. the
1: goal is to not, but it probably happens inevitably. Mm. Um, so taking a step back and being like, wow, who am I again? Like, what do I, mm. what do I like to do? What makes me happy? Have I been serving myself well at all? And if not, what can I do to serve myself well in this new um, single space. And that was, holy cow, that was a lifesaver for me. You know, that was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn how to cook my own food and I'm going to take belly dancing lessons because (laughs) Mm -hmm. why the hell not? And, you know, I'm going to actually shape.
2: Did you, well, that's a good goal. All those things did. And I think that's a reaction. A lot of people have to break up, right? Did you do that with the help of the therapist? Did you read books? Did you, listen to podcasts? Like, how did you, or did you just sit with yourself? Like, did you, were there things that helped you to see that stuff? Cause that's pretty insightful, right? To say like, who am I and what am I doing versus just boom? I mean, rushing into something else. And you know,
1: yeah, I journaled a lot. Journaling was, Mm -hmm. um, a really huge tool for me to, to reconnect with myself. And I don't know, I have no idea actually if this is how other people journal, but I like in my journal entries, I'm like, hi, me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> say all the things. And then at the end, I'm like, okay, love you, me. And it, <laughs> looking back, I'm like, oh, it's angsty twenties stuff. But also that was probably really healing mm-hmm. yes. for me to have the conversation that if I had been in therapy at the time, my therapist probably would have been guiding me through. Um, I'm also blessed that my family who really did not like him was like, here are all the things that (laughs) we can see that you've lost. And I'm like, Oh, thank you for that feedback. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you. Wow. So did you have like, was, what was the circumstance or the situation that was like the final straw? Did he end it with you? Did you end it with him? And like, you know, how did that transpire? And then after you all did separate, did you have to see him at all or anything? Or were you, did you, were you able to have kind of that space to yourself?
1: Well, the cycle continued, um, you know, he cheated on his wife with me and then I, my spidey senses were telling me that he was up to no good with somebody else at a coffee date. Um, this is the birthplace of my weird relationship with jealousy because I went into like a jealous freak out, which turns out I was actually right. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had very good reason to, she was trying to convince him for like four and a half hours to leave me. Mm. And so I'm like, damn, my intuition had my back there. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even overreacting, but, Mm. but in, in the like, you know, conversational shit show that followed that he threw a pillow at the wall. And I was like, you know, in a, in a rage kind of way, which I had never experienced from him. And that was it. I was like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: goodbye. So Mm -hmm. the next, I think it was the next day or, you know, next couple days when he was at work, I had my, my parents and actually my great uncle was in town for moral support, right? Helping (laughs) show up at the apartment and pack all my shit up so that when he came home, I was gone, just gone. And that was so rewarding and deeply sad. Like, I don't know. I'm, I've never, I think since that point, I've never not done the quick band aid pull. I hear about people going through breakups and it's like this drawn out process and all this conversation. And sometimes you just, you got to trust your gut. Like yep. mm-hmm. if it's over. It's freaking over.
2: Well, so. and your, your gut is reacting to all the things that you had seen, right? Like you, you said later people pointed out all these things or you look back and you see the red flags and at the time your gut is like cataloging all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like all these things that you're just, you're not able, willing to address at the time because you still have that attraction and you still have that, you know, need and you said earlier like why did it take me so long to move on or heal and it's it, we always talk about this on the podcast like it takes the time that it takes and if you yeah. don't let it take the time that you need that you're just going to repeat that cycle and i'm a total i mean i have i'm no i i've learned this now over 50 right to take that time and really look at what was i doing and where was i and where do i want to go and being so clear about that you know like do you feel like you judge yourself for, like, that time? Because you're saying it took two and a half years, or?
1: No, I just, I think what's funny is now that I'm with my wife, who I'm, like, unequivocally, fully deeply, for the first real time in my life, actually in love with, like, I'm experiencing the love that is worth all that hullabaloo oh. now. mm mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, if it took me years and years, you know, if she and I ended for whatever reason, and it took me years and years to get over it, or I never got over it, I would understand, you know, Mm -hmm. I would get it Mm -hmm. now. And so this is not value added, but I look back on that relationship and I'm like, that toxic dumpster fire of a relationship (laughs) took me that Mm -hmm. long (laughs) Mm -hmm. to get over? Damn, Mm -hmm. That just speaks to the depth of the fear that I had, though, of, like, I'll never be seen again. What if I'm never seen again and loved? Mm -hmm. Because he saw me and left, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. the the fear Mm -hmm. in there, like, that's why it took me so long. And I understand that fear. So I don't judge myself for it. I just, he was not worth the amount of time that he lived in my head Mm -hmm. (laughs) rent-free. so. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. So how did you know, like, you're ready to move on? Like, was there a moment or did you just meet somebody or like, how did that process go? And you said, I think I'm, I've let go of him now. I'm good. I had met,
1: it wasn't until after I had met somebody and been dating them for a while that I looked up one day and realized, oh my God, I haven't thought about that relationship in months. Or, okay. oh my god, I can mm-hmm. drive through that part of town now without kind of wanting to barf and look around for your <laughs> car.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, I, I think the, the being finally done, it kind of snuck up on me. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's, it's not like it went from 60 down to zero. You know, the, the amount of time that went between the last time I ruminated on the relationship, like, it just grew over time until it grew into i never ruminate on the relationship yeah anymore and how oh my god i'm so
0: grateful did, did you have crossover though oh. i just want to follow up did you have crossover like were you starting to date someone while you were still ruminating like you were healing and dating at the same time or did you wait yeah. until you're, you were okay but it was just sort of fading out is like kind of what you're saying
1: yeah it was fading out um but also I think it's important to note that I sought a relationship that was a drastic opposite Mm
0: -hmm.
1: of that. And to its own fault, like that is, you know, the the crossover relationship. That was another Mm -hmm. ex of mine. Mm -hmm. And the connection I had with them was really a little mundane. You know, it was safe. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I just didn't put myself in danger I think because I was still reeling and I think that's the, mm-hmm. the unfortunate part of there being crossover is that the fact that I was still healing really informed the choices I made in that relationship that followed such that I'm not with that person anymore. That wasn't the right choice for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you know, five years later, figured it out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But well, it might have been the that, right choice for you at the time, sure. but you're right. Cause you were coming out of that scenario and looking for something completely different, right? The boomerang and you know, some of those. So makes sense. Yeah.
2: Well, I want to go, I want to follow up on that, but first I want to go back to, you know, you said that it was time that, that got you over that first relationship, but then you talked about journaling. So mm. there was intention there too, right? So it was time. Yeah. Like, you weren't just sitting there twiddling your thumbs and waiting. Like, you put yeah. effort into it. Like, you put that effort. So that effort took that amount of time. But, you know, a lot of time. we had one episode where we talked about the kind of things that people say to you, like, that make you want to, like, scream or tear your hair out or punch him in the face. Like, just <laughs> get over it. Or time will heal it. Or, you know, that person was no good anyway. Or go get under someone else. That kind of stuff that, you know, we don't find helpful. And I think it's interesting. Like you first say, "Oh, it's time, but really, it was your intention. It was the work that you did that you put in, right, yeah, like, yeah, with the journaling and looking back at yourself, like if you look back and you say, what what did you learn from that you like you had your transitional relationship." you know, after that, a safe relationship, maybe not, you know, the best like, or like partner, or whatever, but safe enough, right? Like, that was sort of a reaction to that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like, did you through those processes, look and say, Okay, this is what I want, like, Corey, and I talk about all the time, she said, we're both Virgos, but like, we're strangely different types of Virgos. It's kind of weird. Like, we're both perfectionist type A's, but she catalogs everything. She makes charts. She, you know, makes a plan. And I'm just like, oh God, I'm going to do whatever and <laughs> see what works. And then I have to do a lot of cleanup afterwards, right? Like, oh my word. Right. I have to fix this. And so did you like, did you really think like, okay, this is what I want going forward. I'm going to be more intentional going forward.
1: That level of thinking didn't happen until after the transitional relationship. I definitely, mm-hmm. there was intention that went into the healing po- post, you know, this, one big one, or whatever, the journaling was helpful. I should have gone to therapy, but I was in my early twenties. It wasn't very accessible. Mm-hmm. I also had other reasons why I wanted to avoid therapy, which so glad I stopped avoiding it. It only took me like thirteen years after the <laughs> thing that made me need therapy to go to therapy mm-hmm. life changing um wish I had done it earlier, but um you know, journaling, reading books. I want to give myself more credit, but I really just, I was still in my early 20s. And if you've talked to anybody in their early 20s recently, you know that they're all pretty dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? What? Disclaimer, we didn't say they're dumb. Uh, I did. (laughs) I I I mean, mean, like like
2: lacking in life experience, I say it all the time. You know, I read the book Toxic Parents when I was 47. If I had read that when I was 20, my whole life would be different. And I say, like, this, I was married to a, a psychotherapist, right? And if I had actually been able to incorporate what she was trying to tell me instead of railing against it and being so just dis- defensive and dismissive, God, my life would look different. Not saying yeah. that I need to be with those people, but, you know, I've apologized, I'm very good friends with two of my exes and I've been on a serious, like, ap- I apologize to them all the time. You know, cause I was a total jerk and, you know, there's, there's other people I'd like to apologize to, but it made me look it took me getting a divorce to realize what I needed to do. And I, I, you know, I'm glad I'm not in that relationship, not because I don't like the person, but I just don't think it was the right fit, but clarified for me. Like, what do I need to do? Like, what do I need? I mean, did you have that feeling like, or just, because it sounds like you didn't just scramble for, I just need somebody to like me. Right. You, you went forward with like real intention.
1: Yeah. I think um, I want to, add a a disclaimer. I talk a lot of smack about people in their young twenties That is definitely (laughs) like informed by me looking back on myself, but I, but I do it with love. I think everybody needs to be dumb. Like (laughs) I wouldn't want anybody to grow up too fast. Like we need that period in our life where we can just sort of make crappy decisions and then like learn from them Mm -hmm. because everything that I know I've learned because I've made such, such bad decisions sometimes. (laughs) Holy cow. And it has imbued me with a wisdom that you cannot just read about. Like Mm -hmm. lived experience is the only thing like it. So I do, after the transitional relationship, I think I, I had learned enough about, you know, the, the big crappy relationship filtered through this like really safe space where I had where there was a dearth of connection between me and and my transitional ex that gave me space to get to know me because I wasn't really connected to them right like we we were together for five years and lived together and I moved out of state to be with them and it was all this Mm -hmm. stuff but it just wasn't I don't know it was fine I learned Mm -hmm. a lot so when I was able to kind of reflect on all of that put together, like, all right, cool. I've now experienced both ends of this pendulum of this like crazy toxic, vicious cycle of emotions that are not good for a human really. And then on the other hand, this like kind of sterile environment, I was like, well, what does middle look like for me? What are the parts of these relationships that did serve me well and that mm-hmm. I want to make sure I cultivate in a, you know, a real meaningful partnership. Um, and what are the parts of me that I have lost before and don't want to lose again? Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think, you know, to answer your question about like, was there ever that intention? Yeah, absolutely. But it definitely did not happen right after the first mm-hmm. big, big heartbreak.
0: We we talk about
2: that. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. It's multiple. And just because we're only on audio, people can't tell. And you're quite young, in my opinion, right? Like, you keep saying, you're acting like, you know, I mean, you're your age, but you appear to me quite young, and everybody, she's adorable, and she has the best hair ever. And I aspire to have that hair. So you're gonna have to show me how to do it. But you, it's like you look back okay, I was dumb or I was young or whatever, but your life, things have turned out right? I mean, they're going the way you want them to go, it seems now.
1: They're going well, but they're going Mm -hmm. well because I finally did the work. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I finally went to therapy. I finally, well, finally, I've been reading the books all along, but I finally Mm -hmm. started practicing it and getting like taking all this wisdom that I've been sort of collecting and ignoring for so many years from books and podcasts and journaling and therapy and actually started applying it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so things have come together really well, but I don't really attribute that to good fortune. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that was hard one through, hard lessons, and then practice, practice, practice. I probably drive my wife insane, honestly, because I'm like, let, I'm going (laughs) to, I am going to self analyze all the time and Mm -hmm. we are going to talk through and process all the things. (laughs) And I'm going to name every single time that I think I'm bringing old shit into this conversation that I shouldn't. And if I Mm -hmm. feel like you're doing that, we're going to talk that through because we need to have that awareness like, we each as individuals need to have that awareness because it's all data. Every time you bring something old to the table now, that's like, oh, that's a thing I should probably work on. Like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. something I haven't gotten over. I should probably process that a little bit, do some do some work.
2: Well, and I think that's one, been really helpful. One therapist said to me that in couples therapy at one point, when it's hysterical, it's historical. So when your reaction is out of proportion, right? you have to look back and say, Oh my gosh, that's from something else. And what are yeah. these triggers? And, you know, it's amazing because I'm just now over like a little bit of 52 going on 53. And it's taken me this long to get to that point. And you're a couple of decades younger than me. And it's, I just want to give you the credit for doing that. You know, it's amazing. And like, it's, you should really be proud of yourself. You know, it's, you're talking with the wisdom of somebody of, I think a lot of decades of experience, and it's so great to see somebody who can do that earlier. I mean, I'm not going to judge myself or be mad, but you know, my life would look differently had I had I been able to do what you did at that age. And for some reason, you know, it took me to to my late 40s, early 50s, and it's it's been profound for me. It just makes my life, you know, as everybody knows, on if they listen to this podcast, you know, I've had some pretty bad couple years the last two years with breakups and divorce and that kind of stuff, but I'm a happy person. Like I'm happy because I did the work and I preach that and yeah, other people find it annoying and they're, but it's like, it really works doing the work Mm -hmm. and like therapy is like the greatest gift to a human being. I think a good, you know, to have a good therapist. Right.
1: Yeah. I think to that note, I've, It's having a good therapist, having a therapist you connect with is so Mm -hmm. crucial because I've had some therapy experiences and dang. I mean, if anybody listening is like thinking about therapy or has had kind of a crappy therapy experience, damn, go find somebody else. Cause like the right Mm -hmm. one is out there for you. And literally just having an unbiased third party to kind of help you talk through some of your stuff and things it's, it's transformational um, But it won't mm-hmm. be transformational if you don't have that connection with that therapist, if their modalities don't suit you, if their personality doesn't suit you, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that, uh,
0: I yeah, wish. And it's
2: important to people do that. They jump in, then they're like, oh, it didn't work, but it's like a relationship, right? you got to find the person that clicks with you, who speaks to you, that you can hear what they're saying and who yeah. is asking you the questions that you need to be asked.
1: Yeah. And who's pushing you a little bit, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. like,
1: I think a lot of us are pretty accomplished. I can throw up walls, right? I can, Mm -hmm. I can distract. I can conversationally manipulate if I'm getting uncomfortable. I don't want to do any of that, but I know I'm capable of it. So having somebody who can like see through my BS and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's, uh, let's dig into that a little bit, you know, sort Mm of poke me and, prod me for more honest thinking with myself. That was a uh, that was such a blessing.
0: Wow, and you know it's great, you know that you. You had a good connection with the therapist and then as I'm, I'm hearing as you've been talking is you've also been able to kind of, um, self assess and self reflect when you say, okay, I feel that's coming up from something in the past. This isn't anything current and it's showing up in its ugly way and I want to unpack it a little bit. So even having the ability to be able to self therapize a little bit to say something is off here. Um, I, you know, one of the things I was, you know, curious about is, I, I had gone through a breakup about a year and a half ago and it was it was a pretty difficult one for me. And I realized that while I was processing and I was, you know, going to a therapy, particularly I actually hired a breakup coach too, um, in addition to my therapist. And then did a lot of my own kind of self stuff. And I realized how much of that junk I was processing had nothing to do with my most recent relationship. It had to do with the one before mm-hmm. it. And I'm wondering, you know, like when you talked about that transitional relationship, how much of the processing of, you know, in the healing for your, from your first relationship, did you do after that second one? I mean, was there stuff still coming up um, and you were having to like unpack two relationships at the same time during your kind of healing process after that second person? Um, I don't think I was,
1: I don't think it was quite that acute after my transitional relationship. You know, I think I had done some of that acute healing and this was more like identifying where do some of the bruises still exist. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I feel fortunate that I didn't have to, you know, fully unpack and address two relationships all at once. Um, but But interestingly, some of the ways that my wife and I connected really, really showed me very clearly where the bruises from that first relationship were. Mm -hmm. My fears, she was in the middle of a divorce when when we really got to know each other. And so all of my old trauma of like being the other woman and how vehemently I never wanted any of that ever again um Mm -hmm. they uh they showed up very clearly so (laughs) I had the opportunity to work through that all over again wow but I mean in a good way right because at Mm -hmm. least now Mm -hmm. I have I had and have the awareness to be like all right let me uh Here's what I'm feeling. I know that underneath that feeling, there's a couple other layers. There's more layers underneath that. So let's just skip over this layer for now and see what we can uncover underneath. And I think that approach to processing emotions, like from a self-therapizing standpoint, that has served me better than anything else. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this is just a symptom. There's something deeper. Keep digging until Mm -hmm. you get to the bottom thing. And then address Mm -hmm. that. And magically, the symptoms get better from there.
2: Well, it's, it's the magic of processing. We talk about it all the time. Like, it, it, that was, you know, we just taped an episode recently or recorded one that, like, what are the things I want going forward? And for me, um, it's very important to process, you know, and I want that in somebody and it might come difficult, you know, like they may not be so into it at first, but, if I can stick with it and explain why it's really important, you know? And I recently, somebody said, well, you know, you just want to bring up problems. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to address, I'm trying to head off the problem by bringing up these issues that are causing me to be triggered or me to be upset or whatever, and then to react. And then that causes you to react. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, this is called processing, and it's really actually good for you. It seems annoying, but uh, it's better than compartmentalizing because, you know, yeah. compa- compartmentalizing just leaves it having to be dealt with later. And like you said, coming up in a different relationship, that's, it's prior bruise or prior hurt. And if you don't talk about it, if you don't address it, it, it just, it just, it's still there, you know, it's still yeah. there.
1: It doesn't go away. It never goes away unless you make it go away by Mm -hmm. giving it air and space and healing, Mm -hmm. like covering it up just doesn't ever work.
0: Right. The fastest way to healing I've heard is to go through it. Yeah. And most people try to avoid it or go around it. And, and it's tough because it's painful. I mean, I don't know anybody who says, I love to deal with heartbreak. I can't wait. <laughs> and it might take years and I'm just a mess. No, people, you know, avoid it because it's, it's painful, but you, you know, feel it till it's all been felt. We've been told. Um, so Vera, Vera, let me ask you this. Um, if you were to say like, you know, looking back at different, maybe, maybe that initial relationship you talked about or any of your relationships, what have been the biggest lessons for you and being able to heal? Like what, what do you think kind of maybe has worked for you? Um, I know you said you journaled after the first breakup. Did you journal after the second? Were there things that you found like going out with friends, getting busy, changing your look? I mean, things that made you feel like th- were helpful getting through the healing process after just breakups in general.
1: Man, my answer to that has changed over the years because when I was younger and much less um processed you know like much less (laughs) therapized my answer would have been harness the anger and go have breakup sex like Mm -hmm. that was a hundred percent I was like you know what the distraction is good and fine and makes me not think about anything and like yeah that's true it does kind of galvanize some part of you I know now that's not the right answer the, uh, the hardening of one's heart and the ignoring of all the feelings is 100% not the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think that I've really had the opportunity to put my newfound wisdom into practice though, because I've learned so much over the last, you know, handful of years being with my wife and like this is the majority of my personal growth has happened within the last four years. So I haven't yet experienced what does a healthy breakup actually look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think intuitively I know that like listening to the music that your ex never liked at full blast. Like, do shit like that. Go to the paint and sip class that they always thought was stupid and would make comments about and didn't really want to go to. Like, go eat a beautiful dinner by yourself and, you know, like, appreciate the tiny things in nature. That was helpful for me. Like, I would go on hikes and try and find the smallest flowers I could possibly find, like, grounding exercises like that kind of helped keep me in my body and prevent me from some of the uh, more insidious and sometimes attractive coping mechanisms like seeking distraction
0: mm-hmm. and yep.
1: negative co- dopamine hits, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, hopefully you're, you won't be experiencing a breakup again. Right. And hopefully you don't have to put any <laughs> of this stuff into practice. Yeah. Um, Well, but if you
2: do not saying that you will, you will, you will have more tools to deal with it. Right. I mean, Oh, totally. We don't know what's going to happen in life. Like that's the thing. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just don't know. And like, you'll get through it. I mean, that's the thing. I think that's the important thing for people to know. Like you don't know what's going to happen. It might happen. Not saying that will happen for you, but you'll get through it and you'll learn from it. And like, do you feel like each experience you've had is, is valuable? I mean I'm not saying we want it to happen again, or I mean, I regret, I don't like any of my breakups, but they're valuable in, in like part of would be in
1: our life. Right. We wouldn't, I wouldn't be who I am. If I haven't gone, hadn't gone through the things that I have and they, Mm -hmm. some of them have sucked really bad. Like there's, It's just unfortunate, but it all comes together to make us the walking miracle that we each are like, how incredible is it that we're alive against so many odds (laughs) against every single odd, like we just shouldn't even be alive. And we are, and that's a gift. Um, I would say one of the things that I hope I remember forever is I've I've done a lot of thinking recently on like the role the role dopamine plays in the human brain. Like we seek these little hits of dopamine, whether that's from the obvious um, you know drugs or alcohol, but also sex and also the little notifications on Instagram and also working too much or whatever it is that your vice is. I think in a breakup space, if I can. Hopefully never have to use these, but if I do, what I want to remember is every time I'm seeking that feeling, that escape feeling, that is a symptom. That is a symptom to stop and be like, okay, what's really going on here? Mm
2: -hmm. What am I
1: actually feeling that I want to run away from? And how can I give that feeling space and treat myself with some compassion? And sometimes compassion means giving into the negative coping mechanism but more often it doesn't. It looks like, okay, well I'm actually gonna process this stupid feeling. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh that's the biggest lesson I haven't had to use yet that I hope
0: I never forget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Wow. Well, Vera, it has been such a pleasure to to talk with you and thank you for your vulnerability and, and sharing with us your your stories mm-hmm. and your your thoughts and your experiences and your wisdom. And um, we really do uh, appreciate the opportunity to have a great conversation with you. So um, to our listeners, we are wrapping up season 10. No, not season 10, episode 10. Of season 10. I feel like it feels like season 10. Um, but we are actually wrapping up, uh, season three, episode 10. So, uh, make sure to tune in. We're going to have a new season, uh, launching not too far from now, but until then, make sure you go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.